0: This is going to sound bad, but I would say, I love you to all my pets because I was like pretty sure I was going to die that night because I couldn't breathe and I
1: wasn't strong enough. I have often thought about what is the price of a life and it's not a trivial question.
2: Vertex uh, invests 70% of its operating expenses back into research and development and that's so important.
0: It's like there's light at the end of the tunnel, like there's new hope. And before it was like, this is going to delay my death, that's amazing. But this one's like, we're going to fix what's going wrong.
3: Welcome to our podcast about biotechnology breakthroughs, the DNA of all living things, and the DNA of scientists, companies, and patients who make miracles happen. I'm Jim Greenwood, and you're listening to I Am Bio. The first episode takes us to the doorstep of Johns Hopkins Medical Center in Baltimore by way of Dublin, Ireland. It's six days before Christmas 2019 and one day before 16-year-old Izzy Thorkwall's hard life is about to change. Tomorrow, she'll take her first dose of Vertex Pharmaceutical's stunning breakthrough for cystic fibrosis. Fittingly, when she does, she'll be shoulder to shoulder with her mom who uprooted her life, crossed an ocean, and left her entire family behind in Ireland so this moment could happen. She boarded a transcontinental flight with her infant daughter and moved to the Chesapeake region. She knew doing so would give her daughter access to the newest American medicines and the best CF care in the world at Johns Hopkins. She did it all so Izzy could stay healthy enough to greet tomorrow, the day of her dreams. The day she will start on a potentially transformative triple combination therapy to treat cystic fibrosis. There's nothing more powerful on earth than a mother's love, except maybe a daughter's will to honor it and to live. It's less than 24 hours before the first dose. Mother and daughter are together in our studio, and this is their story. We begin in the Dublin Hospital, 2003. Claire has just given birth to Izzy. But two weeks after entering this world, her daughter is at death's door, on the brink of starvation.
1: They knew when she was born that something wasn't quite right. I had no idea. I didn't know I carried the gene for cystic fibrosis or my husband carried it. And you need both of them for this condition. And so we had three days of lots and lots of testing in the hospital, and then they then they did a DNA test. For two weeks when we were waiting for the results to come back, I think I was in complete denial. Um, plus I was like spaced out because I'm, you know, first mother and you get very tired. Um, but in those two weeks, Izzy lost so much weight. She was literally starving to death. Um, you could see her bum bones, you could see her cheekbones, And she couldn't eat anything because it would go in one end and out the other. And uh, so after two weeks, when they finally diagnosed her, then she could um, start taking the medicines that she's been on for her whole life so that she could actually digest her food.
3: Tell us what cystic fibrosis is and how it got that name.
1: Cystic fibrosis got the name because when people got it originally, they just used to die. And in fairness, Izzy would be dead by now if it weren't for the meds that she's got. And um, they would autopsy them and they'd find out that the pancreas, which is one of the organs that's affected, was covered with cysts and fibrotic tissue and it was not working anymore. And so it was called cystic fibrosis. And it took until 1989 before they discovered it was a genetic condition and they found the, the gene. But cystic fibrosis, <clears throat> when we found out about it first, it was still... Um, very much uh, a disease that causes causes very premature death, mm-hmm. and it's death by multi-organ failure. So people tend to think cystic fibrosis only affects your lungs, um, but it doesn't. It affects every single organ in the body. And so <clears throat> th- this, is, this is why eventually death is by multi-organ failure, which is a bit depressing to contemplate.
3: You must have been shocked, horrified, terrified, a, a, Every, a, an emotional wreck, um, I would guess.
1: Everything, because I, I I also didn't really know much about it, and the first thing that struck me was, uh, oh my god, she's she's not going to go to college, um, because the only thing I knew was that they died when the average lifespan was eighteen years. Sorry, is, and um, <clears throat> and so my first thought was, all all the dreams that you have when your child is born suddenly evaporated, because I thought she's not going to go to college. She's not going to be able to get married. I might never have grandchildren. She might not have kids. And um, and, and I was like, how is she ever going to get a mortgage? Because she doesn't have a lifespan. And mm. so all of that rushes through your brain really fast, apart from the fact that you're also really, really upset at this. And and then you start thinking about yourself and you're thinking, oh my goodness, um, well, I have to give up my job because I need to take care of this this kid. And... And all the time, you're filled with a massive feeling of love, but also, uh, sort of, suddenly, your future is utterly changed.
3: So, Izzy, you you are a pretty expert on the genetics of this disease. So, why don't you tell us um, exactly, you know, what the genetic issues are, and and then what that does in terms of the physical effects and the symptoms.
0: So, cystic fibrosis um, is caused by a Genetic mutation occurring in the long arm of chromosome 7. It's the deletion of three nucleotides, which eventually, which uh, is one whole protein. Mm-hmm. So the cystic fibrosis transmembrane regulator, which is what the long arm of chromosome 7, that's partially what it does. It creates your cystic fibrosis transmembrane regulator, which uh, transports the chloride out of the cell. I have delta F508, which means that my CFTR is... Completely malformed. Like it can't fold properly and become a transport out of the cell. So, as a result of that, all my mucus is a lot thicker. Um, it coats my pancreas so none of my enzymes can get out. And it's not that they're not being made, they are being made, but they can't come out. So, they digest my pancreas instead of the food. It coats my lungs, the bronchi, and the smaller airways to the point where eventually I won't be able to breathe properly. It also affects the liver and many of the other vital organs which will eventually fail
1: as a result of this. literally went straight into the children's hospital where they immediately gave us a crash course in what was going on um, and put her on these uh, crayon pancreatic enzymes because the most important thing was to start to get her able to eat. And and that was really fiddly because, you know, she's a tiny wee baby and they're granulated enzymes and they're absolutely wonderful because if you didn't have them, then she would have just starved and kids didn't have them until the 1990s. So, you know, there's a huge amount of gratitude there, but it's it's really hard getting your kid to to take enzymes in applesauce Um but they were and,
3: and this is why you love applesauce to this oh, day.
1: yes. It's my favorite thing to eat.
0: <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yes.
3: you have, I, seriously, you have an aversion to applesauce now I, because I, I all the applesauce so you had much. to eat. Yeah. eat I so after. much. It doesn't no, work. We won't let Mott's applesauce people know about that.
1: Uh. <laughs> and then then we had to learn how to give her chest physiotherapy. Oh, and, and so she's a little tiny baby, and it's called acapella. So it's basically you beat your baby. And so we have a... It takes a rhythm. So we have a Beat the Baby song wow. and we made this one up and Izzy learnt it off by heart and then she would sing it in public. And I can I can give you a rendition oh, of it. It goes, beat the baby, beat the baby, beat the baby on the back. Hit her hard and hit her softly, hit her with a great big whack. Beat the baby, beat the baby, beat the baby on the chest Hit her hard and hit her softly Because you know it's for the best So we would sing this because it would give us a rhythm And it would kind of mm-hmm. help us laugh about something That was honestly not all that much fun for any of us And then she sang it in public And I was just waiting to be called away by. <laughs> well, you the,
3: know, I'm a former likewise. Child Protective Service worker So oh, <laughs> I an entirely different uh, reaction to the yeah. Beat the Babies uh, uh, yeah. phrase
1: mm-hmm. But you don't do it hard, I, I nah. promise
3: <laughs> You moved from Ireland Mm -hmm. to the U.S. Um, How old was Izzy then?
1: Izzy was not quite two. Um, We arrived in September and her birthday's in November.
3: And why did you come here?
1: Um, I was fortunate to be offered a diplomatic posting in the Irish Embassy. So I came over um, on that posting. I had a choice. I was offered the United States, Madrid, or Paris. And I wanted to come to the United States because I knew <clears throat> that this was a country where they they developed these kind of meds that Izzy was taking and that it had a very advanced research system for the for the development of these kind of medicines. And I knew that she would have her best chance of getting on those kind of medicines sooner than she would in Ireland. And also Johns Hopkins was up the road, which is the number one place for managing cystic fibrosis in the world. So to me, it just seemed like a no-brainer to, to come to this country.
3: Izzy takes a lot of different medicines. Today, for our benefit, she has brought a duffel bag full of the drugs that have kept her alive and mostly well all these years. The boxes are stacked so high in our studio table that I can hardly see Izzy past the Tower of Medicines. Growing up, Izzy knew she was different than the other kids. How could she not, taking 54 pills a day? Plus, the high-calorie diet, the sick days at school, 90 minutes a day doing inhaled medicines and breathing treatments, every morning and every evening. She worked so hard to achieve the things most of us take for granted, like clearing phlegm. Then, at the age of 10, she learned the hardest truth of all about her disease.
0: So I learned it was fatal when I was on the bus, and I used to get teased because my opinion didn't matter because I would die by the time I was 13 anyway. So that's how I learned it was fatal because kids on the bus teased me about dying. And then I came home one day and I was like, hey, mom, is this going to kill me? So that was, it was a fun conversation.
3: And then so mom, Izzy comes home and asks you that question, am I going to die from this?
1: Yeah, um, and I'd been trying to manage the message so she could take it in at an appropriate age, and I, I hadn't told her this. So I'm sitting there and I'm doing the washing up while standing there, and she walks up to me, and and all I can think of was, I don't know what to, what am I meant to say? They don't they don't write books on this. I don't. I, what am I supposed to say? So all my brain was racing. I dried my hands on the towel to give myself some time to think, and then I turned around and I and and as you said, Mum, am I going to die? And I went, Yes, love, you you will. And, and then I said, but, you know, you're not going to die today and you're not going to die tomorrow and you're not going to die next week and you're not going to die next month and, and hopefully, hopefully, you're not going to die for a very long time. So, yes, love, you're going to die from cystic fibrosis, but not now.
3: Izzy had panic attacks for days after being taunted by those cruel classmates on the bus. She was forced to confront too young, questions of mortality that every cystic fibrosis patient must face. Most CF patients didn't live past their teens back in the 80s, but new drugs and better treatments for respiratory infections have brought the average life expectancy to nearly 40 years today. For Izzy, the panic attack soon gave way to uncommon resilience. And as her future began to set in, she responded in the most admirable, constructive way possible. She committed herself to work harder than you or I could possibly imagine to stay healthy. If being a cystic fibrosis patient is a full-time job, Izzy Thorpwall is the model employee. To look at her, you'd never imagine what she goes through. She's instantly likable. Her irreverent humor is disarming. She flashes her signature double thumbs up gesture and a cheeky smile to lighten the mood when things get too serious. Making light out of heavy stuff has helped her persevere, because the taunting didn't end on the bus. She shares a story about the time when her school, with the best of intentions, showed her classmates a video about living with cystic fibrosis. The goal was to help sensitize the student body to what CF patients go through. It was an epic fail.
0: They decided to show someone, show a video about someone. She was a CF advocator. And she was talking about how she'd planned her funeral since she was 14. She was definitely going to die, and it was going to be any time now. And so as a result of that, I had people coming up to me and being like, oh, so you're terminal, so you're going to die. And then my friends, who I hadn't yet, most of them told that I was going to die, got really worried that I was going to die in like a week. And every time I coughed, they were like waiting for me to drop. (laughs) So I had a lot of that happening.
3: I've heard also that you were teased because you people didn't believe you had this disease because you looked so darn healthy, right? Yeah. Right.
0: That's another thing. Another
3: thing the kids would say, Oh, we don't believe you have this terrible disease. You look, you know, you were a swimmer. Yeah, it was like
0: it was like either you're gonna die or you're completely healthy. Like they couldn't (laughs) pick.
3: For Izzy, music is her escape. Okay. So it's music that may confuse old timers like me and occasionally even upset the neighbors. But it helps to get it all out sometimes, and to have a mom willing to drive the getaway car. So you play the drums. What kind of music do you like? Heavy metal. (laughs) Heavy metal. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So that's... I guess technically that is music.
3: Your mother and I probably struggle Uh, with that a bit, but... uh. (laughs) the car
0: rides
1: all you can hear coming from our car is the loudest heavy metal ever Ah. so when when we um de-stress this means that we drive and izzy plays her music as loud as she wants and we sing along to it normally out of tune and we drive around the little back roads and um the neighbors don't like us (laughs) oh that we don't play it that loud
3: let's walk through your day because one of the things I know about you is you're a very compliant patient. You do, you take care of yourself. You do exactly what you're supposed to do. So what does that look like? You wake up in the morning, and then what?
0: Uh, wake up with, with uh, as soon as I start breakfast, it's five um, of the enzymes. Um,
3: so there's big capsules.
0: They're the, they're the bigger ones, which I'm now on the highest dosage you can find. I take five of them with meals along with a hunger pill. The AquaDeck and Antacid. Immediately after that, it's the breathing treatments.
3: And it's not a question of these, uh, the subsequent products replacing the previous one. It's a combination, it's using them in combination.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like all adding on, sort of like building blocks. Right, right. Um, so after that, it's in the mornings, it's the Pulmazine, which is the one that dilutes the mucus. And then it's the Acapella. If you want, I can show them what it sounds like. Sure.
3: And, and, and describe what, you're, what you have there. It's a,
0: So it's a small machine. This is the portable version. It's instead of the vest because I can bring this around easier. And it shakes my lungs by breathing into it, which activates a mag, uh, the magnet to flutter, mm-hmm. which is why it's called a flutter. Uh-huh. Um, and shake my lungs so the mucus will come out. And it okay. sounds a bit like this.
3: And you have to do that how often?
0: Um, that's twice a day, but I take I do four sets of
3: 15. Four sets of 15?
1: Yes. It, takes, it has to take 15 minutes Minimum. at least to do that. Yeah. Um. And then between each of those 15 breaths, essentially, really long breaths, is forced expiration, also yeah. called huffing. Or hooking a loogie,
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is you put your mouth in an O shape and you breathe out as hard as you can. Mm hmm. <laughs> Which works quite well.
3: Izzy has normal teenage hobbies, but her favorite is swimming. With cystic fibrosis, it's a happy coincidence when your favorite pastime also helps you breathe. Well, at least it did, until it didn't. Do you do a certain stroke, or is it...
0: I do all of them, but my favorite is butterfly, which is the most fun and also I think helps the most because it's the most strenuous.
3: Did you have to give that up at some point?
0: I gave it up last year because we think that might be where I got my Pseudomonas.
3: Oh, Germs in the water?
0: (laughs) Stagnant water is a big place where they they colonize, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it wasn't so much the actual pool, but it was the changing rooms. Uh. With all the showers and the damp environment, and so eventually they found
1: their way to live in my lungs. And one of the reasons um, they they this bacteria lives in her lungs is because the mucus is so thick. It basically lives in the mucus. It's happy. It's warm. It's you know, it's in a really good place. And the pulmazyme um, makes that mucus thinner, so she can cough up her mucus. This is something that you and I do every day, every time we've got anything. But with Izzy, it doesn't normally work very well because the stuff. The mucus is stuck there. The pulmazyme makes it thinner. So when she coughs, she's actually bringing it out and all the germs with it. So that's why they put her onto the pulmazyme. And immediately, well, not immediately, but over over a period of time and quite fast, her lung function started to, to climb again. But the the thing is, you, you still end up with these bacteria that just keep coming back in again because they're everywhere.
0: Two years ago, um, I got really sick. The pseudomonas really took a hold of my lungs. And I went down to, I think, 79% lung function, 74. Oh, even better. I went to 74% lung function. And the doctors, <laughs> they I've, I've never been that low for like a while, even and ever. did that
3: affect you? I mean, could that did that slow you down even like walking and moving around? And,
0: yeah, I was know. always out of breath. Um, yeah. When I first got Pseudomonas, it was so bad I would – this is going to sound bad, but I would say – I love you to all my pets because I was like pretty sure I was going to die that night because I couldn't breathe and I wasn't strong enough and I still am not all that strong enough to cough up the mucus that's blocking even my throat sometimes. And so in the mornings it was specifically hard because I couldn't swallow water because it felt like everything was closing up. Um, so the hospital eventually decided they were going to put a pick line in me, which is a tube that runs up a vein in your arm into your heart to give you antibiotics from there, um, so I had that for two weeks, and eventually I got my lung function back up to ninety-one percent, and it's gone up from there.
3: How to talk about you know so how you've dealt with this emotionally and philosophically, uh, knowing that 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 you don't know how long you're going to live. Jokes help. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Always kind of laughing it off, like. Mm-hmm. Um if something particularly sad comes up, like I said goodbye to my par- my uh, parents and pa- pets because I thought I was going to die that night, make some sort of joke about it so it doesn't seem as serious in your own mind and in everyone else's.
3: And is that the way you deal with it outwardly or and inwardly? I mean, do yeah. you – but I, inwardly you, you're, you're not laughing?
0: Not as much. As much, right. But yeah. um, inwardly it's always kind of anxious because
3: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know when it's going to get worse.
3: Teddy Roosevelt once said that when you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot and hold on. Izzy has been holding on for the day when scientists deliver a treatment that can do more than delay the inevitable. She's been holding on for this moment. Let's talk about when it might get better. As in tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Tell us about this new, this is a brand new drug. Yeah. And and tell us exactly what it's going to do for you.
0: So... What it does is it increases your pulmonary functions, PFTs, um, by about 14%. So that's huge because a lot of us with CF, I'm healthy, unlike others, um, are dealing with about 20 or 30% function and need lung transplant. But this is bringing us up. It's also helping us gain weight. It's helping dilute the mucus. And it's helping refold the CFTR. So some chloride can get out. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of CF patients, it's making us pancreas sufficient. Even if it's just a little bit, we can still get some out.
3: Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me you're saying it helps us, uh, we get better and so forth. Do you know other kids with CF? Do you have any kind of a support group or anything
2: like that?
0: I have a couple friends online because I can't meet them. And this is pretty much the closest thing to a cure as of yet. No Uh other drugs have done this. Um, have
3: any of your friends started on this new drug?
0: Yeah, a lot of them because they're in hospitals mm-hmm. and they're doing a lot worse. So they got put on the drug as fast as possible, and they've already seen so much improvement.
3: I want you to tell us how you're feeling about this 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 new drug. Do you worry about getting your hopes up? I mean, how do you manage expectations? And <laughs> um, I have a sense you are going to live to be 80, but you know, but but how are you dealing with with that?
0: So. It's good to be hopeful and things like that, but at the same time, I sort of, I have a realistic outlook on it. Like, it doesn't work the same for everybody, mm-hmm. but overall I will probably get better. And, yeah, it's just, it's good to
1: have hope, though. It, it's like a miracle because because what it does is, everything else as he does is palliative. It's delaying the inevitable. Sorry.
3: Later in the day, Claire texts my producer, Eric, and apologizes for tearing up, as if that were necessary. She says, There's just only so many times that I can envision my kid dying.
1: It doesn't treat the symptoms, it treats the fact that Izzy's genes don't make the right protein with the right shape it makes it into the right shape and so that protein does what it has to do. And what that protein does is it makes sure that there's enough liquid and enough salt moving in and out of the cells in her body so the mucus is more liquid. And so it doesn't just treat her lungs, it treats all of the organs in her body. So without lungs, Izzy can't breathe very well and the average age to get a lung transplant is 30. But the survival rate...
3: Take
4: your time. A
1: lung transplant is on average when people are thirty years old and they have to be sick enough to get one and well enough to survive the surgery. It's it's as a transplant goes, it gives fifty it has a fifty percent survival rate after five years. That's the lowest for any organ in the body. This breakthrough drug, in that what it does is it, it gives me hope it gives Izzy hope and it gives hope for a longer life but also a healthier life because there's no point living forever if those years are compromised by having to be on oxygen or having to be in hospital all the time or having to be on treatments all the time and so that your day is taken up with all of that this is this is about improving the quality of life not just the length of the life and so what and this and this drug has taken a long time to get to this point. It's taken many years and and now it provides a future. So for me, I can now look at the chance of my child going to college and getting a mortgage and getting married and, and having kids. And so as a mother this this medication probably means as much to me in different ways as it does to Izzy.
3: No doubt, and you know you you use the word hope a, a lot of times there, Mom, and you know we are at an amazing moment in history right now because the 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 science that's producing these kinds of drugs, and there really is is no scientific reason why we can't find cures for all of these diseases. But at the same time, we're facing these incredible political headwinds hurdles. where people are concerned about what they're required to pay out of their pockets for their yeah. for their drugs and so they're f- pushing legislation that is while it's understandable it's really short-sighted because <coughs> um we 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 in this country innovate more drugs than the rest of the world combined
1: and i've i've thought about that i have often thought about what is the price of a life and how much does it cost to save one And it's not a trivial question, but if you didn't create the innovation, if you didn't have companies that spent years and years working to find that one molecule that can have the effect that it has on a life like Izzy's, then you might as well just decide you're going to stay in the dark ages. You might as well decide that everything can be fixed with an aspirin or, you know, go to bed and sleep for five days. This is a constant journey. And the other thing I know when you're talking about the price of a life is that the lifespan for cystic fibrosis used to be five, and then it was nine. And then it took a jump when um, they came out with Izzy's pancreatic enzymes, and it went up to 18. And now it's gone up to almost 40 and that's because, again, you've got all these new meds that are being innovated and are coming out. And these are these are biotech meds because this is a biological disease. You know, and I'm a scientist. I have a PhD in science. And so... Enzymes are made by a biological process, and they have to be made with biotech. Pulmazyme, the thing that thins the mucus in her chest, it's an enzyme. It has to be made using biotech. And so it's important that that we continue to to look at this and develop these because the benefits and the knowledge that you learn spreads more broadly than just one disease. It spreads more widely into a greater understanding of, of, of many other things.
3: Well, what's amazing is in, in the course of the debate in Congress, um, when you've looked at some of the legislation that would impose uh, European price controls, basically, on the U.S. Um, and the, the, the Congressional Budget Office has said, well, there will be some 10 or 15 drugs uh, over 10 years that will not be inventive of of this legislation. And some people actually say, well, that's okay. Well, and, well you know, wouldn't say yeah. it if it you're a child.
1: That fills me with fear. And if I was going to be completely blunt about it and not emotional, and I would look at this also from an economic perspective, which seems cold and hard and cruel, but that's what you're doing when you're talking about the price of a life. And because my daughter can live longer, my daughter can become a productive member of society. My daughter can go to college. Izzy can learn and and bring something to the world herself. And she can pay tax and she can give money back and she can have a life of service rather than a life that's truncated by a disease when she's still a you know, a young person. And for me, as a mother, Izzy's condition doesn't just affect Izzy, it affects all of us. It affects us emotionally, it affects us in terms of the time that we can spend. Knowing that my daughter is safe allows me to go about my day, for me to keep doing my job, for me to keep contributing back to the society that has contributed to me. So it's bigger than than Izzy. It's, it's It's about all of us.
3: So to learn more about the new blockbuster drug Izzy will take tomorrow and the company that discovered it, we're thrilled to be joined by Fred Van Gore, the head of cystic fibrosis research at Vertex Pharmaceuticals.
2: Welcome to I Am Bio. Thank you for inviting me
3: give us a, a basic explanation of what CF cystic fibrosis
2: is yeah, Cystic fibrosis is a rare genetic disease that affects multiple organs in the body including the lung liver um, and GI tract. It starts from birth and progressively worsens over time resulting in an early death In addition to that you know it's a, it requires a significant um, symptomatic therapies um, you know traditionally treating, you know, the lung disease and the digestive disease and typically involves three hours a day of managing um, their medicines.
3: Yeah. Uh, and, and from what I know about it, the worst of it is that the, uh, the lungs fill up with mucus. The lungs can't discharge the mucus the way a person without this disease uh, can. What, what, what causes that to happen?
2: There's a mutation in a protein called the cystic fibrosis transmembrane conductance regulator. And that protein is uh, found throughout the epithelial cells of the body. In the lung, it's important for regulating salt and fluid transport. And with um, people with CF, uh, the mutation causes a loss of function of that protein and results in the thick, sticky mucus that uh, builds up in the lungs, uh, resulting in the chronic infection and inflammation that ultimately uh, causes progressive lung disease.
3: Yeah, and And the end is pretty brutal, I think. I mean, you is it, am I correct I corrected? It's sort of like suffocating.
2: Yes, yes, it's it's like breathing through a small straw and feeling like you're drowning in your own in your own body.
3: So you've been with vertex from the very beginning, and um, people think of innovation as kind of a eureka moment. But uh, the new drug, Trikafta, has been the product of many such advances. Talk about the long journey um, to this incredible breakthrough that, that Vertex has, has recently made. Yeah,
2: it takes a it takes a long time and and significant investment of of, of people and energy and and uh, money. You know, we believe in in having um, you know transformative therapies for C- serious unmet medical diseases, and that's been a long journey of serial innovation. You know, one medicine after the other. Um, the next step after IvaCafter was uh, orcombi. and that was our first combination therapy of a CFTR corrector and a CFTR potentiator that targeted the underlying cause in people with the most common, two copies of the most common mutation, the F508 DEL. And there um, we, we saw, um, you know, benefit in, in, in people with the most common mutation, but we knew we could still do better. And so in 2008, 2009, we actually started on the journey of a triple combination therapy. um, Because in the lab, uh, we were able to show that if you added three drugs together, two correctors and a potentiator, that you could get high levels of CFTR function in cells from people um, with one or two copies of the F508 Dell mutation. And that's, that's been a, 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 a longer journey for us, just to put that into perspective. To get to Ivacaftor, our first medicine, we made about 700 molecules. To get to our Combi and then Simdico, um, we need, made about another 3,500 molecules. To get to the triple combination therapy, we've made nearly 40,000 molecules in, in the lab.
3: And do you know what it's cost to get you from the beginning to the end of this, to, to where you are in this journey?
2: Well, you know, I think um, a couple of important um, uh, uh, you know, numbers are uh, Vertex uh, invests 70% of its operating expenses back into research and development. And that's so important. You know, we wouldn't have the triple combination therapies today if we didn't pour that investment back into research um, and, and development you know, since 2000, we've um, spent over $12 billion on R&D. And that has, um, you know, helped us and, you know, bring, uh, you know, these therapies to um, people um, with cystic fibrosis, but also expanding into other rare and unmet medical diseases
3: so twelve billion dollars is a lot of money, and people often think about uh, drug companies and the the money that the, the, the drug costs and the money we talk about the money that 's spent to to discover the, and, and produce those drugs but but there 's a real human factor, and that's it 's more than dollars and cents it 's all the men and women who get up every morning. And walk into Vertex and have over the years and uh, experience the the failures and the successes and the joys and the drudgery and the uh, uh, aha moments. So, talk about what it's like to be a member of a team and the and the the feelings that throw flow through the the hearts and minds of the men and women who are doing this work.
2: Yeah, you know, there's often a lot said about the cost of developing you know medicines, and underneath that are Um, You know, the people, the scientists and the clinicians that, you know, are passionate and care deeply about finding medicines that target the underlying cause of serious unmet medical diseases. Um, What I'm proud of at at Vertex is, you know, the team of people we've been working together, um, many of us for 15 to nearly, you know, 20 years. You know, with a singular goal, and that's to identify medicines to treat people with cystic fibrosis. And I think that speaks to not just the investment, investment of money and time, but the investment of, of, of the people that it takes and the many people, the, the large group of people and diverse expertise to bring therapies like this to um, people that um, need them.
3: I think that's an important point, particularly right now, when you know the the polling data shows that the drug industry has such is held in such low esteem by the public, I think primarily because of what insurance companies require them to pay out of their pockets, which is upsetting to them but it's important to remember that uh, every every one of these pharmaceutical companies is filled with people the people like yourself who uh, who live and, and, and die on on your ability to succeed and to treat patients and to see them suffer less and to live longer. And and uh, God bless you for doing it.
2: Thank you very much.
3: So tomorrow has arrived. Izzy just got the thumbs up from her doctor at Johns Hopkins. He told her to take her first dose with fatty food. Naturally, she couldn't wait to get home. So mom pulled in the first place that fit the bill. And that's how the most healthy act to ever take place in the parking lot of a Popeye's chicken franchise went down on December 20th, 2019.
1: So this is Izzy with her first dose of TriCaptor taking out the tablet. There's two. And she has to take them with fatty food. Popeye's chicken. All right. So, yay, cool. (laughs)
3: It has been a month since Izzy took her first dose. She's with her dad in Ireland right now, and we're eager to hear how she's doing. So let's give her a call and find out. Hello? Hey, Izzy. It's Jim. Hi. So greetings from across the pond. <laughs> so you're transcontinental, huh? Yeah.
4: International.
3: And you're at uh, your dad's right now in Dublin?
4: Yeah. I'm sitting in the kitchen.
3: <laughs> He's right there? Uh, yeah. Hi, Dad.
4: Hi, Dad. How are you?
3: You have a wonderful daughter. We like her a lot.
4: Yeah, we're going to keep her.
3: I know your dad's been a great support system for you.
4: Yeah, brought me up to the hospital today and helped me with all that.
3: So I heard that just a few days after taking your first dose in the Popeye's parking lot, <laughs> you actually needed a tissue.
4: Yeah, that was definitely unusual to need a tissue without being sick. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know how hard it was to breathe out of my nose until after taking Trikapsa because it was sort of like, I can use it now.
3: So you're now uh, officially a normal snot-nosed teenager, right?
4: Yes, official now. (laughs) My parents would say it's been official for a while.
3: Yeah, right. Runny nose or not. So I know your lung function had gone down to 74 at one point, but then you got it back up to 91%. And I hear your doctor in Ireland just measured it again. So what were the results?
4: I got
3: 101%. Wow, it's like like an A plus or something?
4: Yeah, something like that. I don't know where the extra 1% came from, but...
3: We know it can take three months to feel the full effects of Trikafta, but tell us how you're feeling after one month.
4: Well, I mean, already there's a huge difference in my ability to breathe because it feels like there's less blockage there. Whereas before it was sort of like, I felt like someone had a belt around my rib cage, which was slowly tightening. But now it feels like it's backed off and I can breathe fully. And yeah.
3: (laughs) That sounds like a huge difference.
4: Literal weight off my chest.
3: Do you think differently about your future now?
4: Well, I think it's going to be longer. And I think I'm going to be able to experience life to the fullest, as opposed to spending a lot of time in hospital.
3: Yeah. Wow. Longer, more fun, and nicer. So... That's spectacular. Um, we're thrilled for you. We're glad that the medicine's working so well. That it's made such a great difference in your life, and and uh, couldn't be happier. And uh, uh, we need to keep uh, meeting and talking.
4: Yeah,
3: I agree. All right, be well.
4: You too. Have a good one.
3: You too. Bye bye. Bye. It took more than fifteen years of blood, sweat, tears, and treasure at Vertex to deliver this first dose of true hope to patients living with cystic fibrosis. Hope that love, marriage, children, and a mortgage could be in their future. Hope that they might live longer, healthier lives than they had dared to imagine. Stories like Izzy's of biotechnology-changing lives are more common than you might think. You won't always hear about them in the mainstream media, but you will right here. We hope you'll come with us on this journey. That's all for today. Don't forget to rate us on your podcast player, or even better, if you enjoyed what you heard, subscribe and share with your friends.